Did you know that there is no mnemonic to the portion of Pekudei? However, luckily, the Lubavitcher Rebbe gave us a mnemonic, and that is being that the portion of Pekudei has Tzadik Beis Pesukim, it has 92 passages, the Rebbe said that the mnemonic is Beli Koyal. Beli Koyal is the mnemonic. Beli Koyal means without any mnemonic. And the Rebbe began to explain that probably the Bukhar HaZetzer, which means the typist, who actually typed and recorded these mnemonics, when he saw the word Beli Koyal Simon, he interpreted to me, there is no simon, there is no mnemonic, so he didn't put it in. But really, the simon is belikoyal, that there is no mnemonic. Comes the question to mind, what is the meaning of belikoyal? How does that connect with the parsha? And furthermore, why is it these two words of belikoyal are not, for example, the word say? I will go that also has the gematria, the numerical equivalent of 92, which is found actually in the Chumash that has the commentary of the Malbim in it. But the majority of Chumashim do not have a mnemonic, a simon at the end of the portion of Pekudeh. So what is the concept of Beli Koel without any? This Parsha, the Parsha of Pekudeh, is the final portion of the book of Shemos, of the book of Exodus. And therefore, the Simon, the mnemonic, not only is the theme of the Parsha, but the mnemonic is the theme of the entire book. It's important to note that we don't say that there's only one book to the Torah. There are five books to the Torah. Theoretically, Moshe Rabbeinu could have given us the Torah, which had 53 parshiyot, 53 portions, and it would all be one long book. The fact that there is five books to the Torah, there's a beginning and an end to each book, it implies that at, at the end of each book, there's something that we have to do. That's something that we have to do besides saying chazak, chazak, chazik, as we do in the synagogue. Every time we conclude a book, the fact that we end the book, it means it's a time for a din v'cheshbin. It's a time to take a reckoning. Now that we've finished and concluded the book, how did we do? Did we fulfill the mitzvahs of the book? Are we doing the right thing? And how do we prepare ourselves for the next book, the book of Ayikra? And in general, we see that Throughout the year, there are various times when a person takes a tally, when a person makes a din v'cheshbin. For example, the month of Elul, the final month of the year, we make a tally, we make a din v'cheshbin for the entire year, all previous 11 months, and also the previous Elul. And then, there are times, for example, the last day of every month, which is called Yom Kippur Katan, the small Yom Kippur. Again, we make a tally, we make a din v'cheshbin of the entire previous 29 or 30 days, what we did, what we accomplished, what we could fix, and how do we prepare ourselves for the next month. Similarly, every Erev Shabbos, every Friday night, 
Every Shabbos day we ask ourselves, how did we live the entire previous week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday? And how do we fix it on Shabbos? For Shabbos are the letters of Tashuv, return, Teshuvah. And how do we prepare ourselves to be better the coming week? And in truth, every day we also have this concept. We get up in the morning, and we work, and we dive and we give tzedakah. Before we go to sleep, we say the Shema, the bedtime Shema. That is the time of din v'cheshbin, the time of reckoning. So before we say the words, biyadcha afkid ruchi, the final words of the Shema, already we know what we have to do to fix the day, and how tomorrow is going to be God andrish. Tomorrow is going to be totally different, much better than today. And the same is true with the book of Shemois. Now that we've finished the book of Shemos, it's a time of taking a reckoning. And that is why it is called Pekudei. Pekudei means to take a reckoning. Because the Jews gave money, Zahav, Vachesav, Unachoshes. They gave gold and silver and copper and bronze to build the Holy Temple. And now, after everything was assembled and taken in, the Torah says that everything was accounted for and everything was tallied up to know exactly what came in. So what is the book of Shemois all about? We start with Ve'elish Shemois B'nai Yisrael. These are the names of the Jewish people. Haboyim Mitzrayma that went down to Egypt. This is the beginning of the journey of the soul. The soul comes down from heaven. It goes down into this world, into Egypt. For the word Mitzrayim is Meitzar Uguvul, means borders and constraints. So the soul came from a place that was wide, a place of godliness, a place of infinity, to a finite body, into a finite world. That's the first step of the soul. After that, we read in the book of Shemois that God brought the ten plagues on the Egyptian people. He broke Egypt. This is the concept of Avedes Habirudim, to refine the sparks, and Zichu Hagashmi, to refine the physical world, to make the world a potential vessel to receive godliness. After leaving Egypt, the Jewish people assembled at Mount Sinai. As we say, Tavnas Alikim Al that God tells Moses, tell the Jews that you should know I'm taking you out of Egypt so that you shall serve God on the mountain. And therefore, what happened on the mountain was God came down. God fused heaven and earth, that now the physical earth can also become spiritual. Can, can, Kodesh can become holy. And then we have the cream of the crop, or the icing on the cake. And that is the building of the Mishkan, the building of the holy temple. The building of the tabernacle where God says, li Migdash, Vishakanti make for me a dwelling place and I will dwell in it. God will come down and dwell in the physical world, in the vessels of the Holy Temple. After all of this, the Torah tells us in the final portion, Pekudei, you are to make an accounting, which implies that even after one reaches the primary level, the perfect level, the level of creating a home for God, where God comes down and dwells, now you have to make a din v'cheshbin, again you have to begin to make a reckoning of all the details of this house. And as we find in the very first Rashi, in the portion of Pekudei, Rashi says on the words, Ele Pekudei, 
which means these are the reckonings. Says Rashi, In this portion, it is accounted for all the weights of the donations in the temple. La kesev, la zav, la for the silver, for the gold, and for the copper. And furthermore, veninu kol kelav, and all of the vessels are reckoned for, are accounted for. And furthermore, l'chol avidasai, for all the various missions and responsibilities that these vessels were utilized for. So in this Rashi already we have three concepts. Number one is gold, silver, bronze. Three different types of people. A tzaddik, a holy person is like gold. Kesef, the benini, the average person, is like silver. And then you have a person who's a rasha, who's a sinner, that is copper and bronze. And yet we say each one of us has to make a reckoning. One might think, I'm a tzaddik, oh, I'm so holy, I'm so godly. What could I do more? Says the Pasha, you should know, you too have to make a reckoning. And then you have the Russia. He says, oh, I'm a Russia, I'm a wicked person, it's too late for me. I can never change. No, Pukude, make a reckoning. Even one moment, you could do tshuva. As the Zohar says, with one hour. And one moment, you can change your entire life. So already we have the Zahav, the gold, the Kesev, the silver, and the Choshes. And then it goes on to say, you should know that you are to count also the vessels, the Kalev. What does that mean? That after a person donates his money, he should know where the money went. It's not enough. Well, I gave the check to the synagogue. I gave 20% of my money, my gold, and my silver to the temple. And now I do my own thing. Says Rashi, no. You have to know where the money is going to. That is going to this vessel and that vessel. And furthermore, you have to know that the vessel was actually utilized. Not only was the vessel created or made or bought, but was it used. In other words... Not only one must, one must donate his time to pray and study Torah and give his money to charity, but you also have to know that the actual prayers were said. In other words, not only do you, do you go to the shul, but in the shul you pray. Sometimes you can come to the synagogue and talk and not pray. Well, I gave my hour to the shul. Very nice. You gave your donation to the temple. No, you have to make the vessel. You have to pray that one hour and you have to study Torah that one hour, etc., etc. And furthermore, after you made the vessel, was the vessel utilized? In other words, did the prayers change you? Did the Torah make you smarter? And therefore, are you living your life enriched and better? Are you kinder? Are you transformed to a better person? So this is the three different aspects that Ashi is talking about. After all this, the Torah says that we now build up the Mishkan. We build up the tabernacle. Be'echad l'chodesh ha'sheni. Be'echad l'chodesh. 
on the first day of the month, which was the month of Nisan, the Jewish people built the Mishkan, they erected the Mishkan. Moshe Rabbeinu first did it, and then the Levites, etc., etc. So now we talk about the actual performance, the actual completion of the tabernacle. After all this, the Torah tells us you are to know that after the temple was erected, that God came down and He dwelled in the temple. That the cloud of glory came down into the temple. And you know what happened? Moses was unable to enter. When God came into the temple, the light was so great, the energy was so amazing, that even Moses did not have the capacity, did not have the utensils, did not have the ability to enter into the Holy Temple. And then the Torah goes on to say, and by the way, when the clouds went up from the Mishkan, this was a sign that the Jewish people should travel. But if the clouds of glory did not go up, they did not travel. And then it goes on to say, Ki Hashem ala Mishkan, this cloud of glory was there upon the Mishkan, upon the Holy Temple, day and night. And at night it became a fire before the eyes of the Jewish people. B'chol ma'asayim in all their journeys. And here Rashi tells us, what does it mean in all their journeys? Whenever the cloud would rest, they too would rest. And the resting place, says Rashi, is called Masa, is called a journey. Why? Because after they rested, again they journeyed on to the next location. What is Rashi telling us over here? Rashi is telling us that success breeds success. Rashi is telling us that a Jew never finishes. A Jew never rests. You went down to Egypt, you broke Egypt, you received the Torah, you saw God face to face, you now built the temple. God came down to the temple. Moses could not go into the temple. Higher and higher and higher. Yet we go on to the next book, Vayikra, and God calls Moses into the temple. He's able to go into the temple. This concept is explained and hinted in the mnemonic. What is the mnemonic? Says the Rebbe, the mnemonic is Beli Koyo. Beli equals 42. Koyo equals 50. 50. We know that the Jewish people journeyed 42 journeys in the desert. Every time the clouds lifted up, they began to journey. Every time the cloud went down, they stopped. 42 journeys. They went from Egypt to the land of Israel. The Baal Shem Tov says that every human being throughout his life, from the moment he is born until he dies, journeys 42 journeys. The soul goes into his mother's womb. That is Mitzrayim, that is Egypt. It's very, very constrained. It's very tight. And then he comes out. And then he starts his second journey and his third journey until the day he returns to God, the 42nd journey. 
Furthermore, says the Baal Shem Tov, that in essence, every day of our lives, we journey 42 journeys. We get up in the morning, we're tired, we're sleepy, we're kvetching, and then we say, we go from this place of Meitzar, this place of limitations and borders and constraints, we go out of our bed, we go out of our room, and we conquer the world. So that is the Bali. Bali is 42. These 42 journeys, what is the objective? To reach the level of coil, to reach the level of 50. There are 50 gates of understanding. Nun Shari Bina. Moshe Rabbeinu reached the 49th level. It says God gave Moses 49 levels minus one. He could not enter into the temple. That was the 50th level. Nun Sharebina. On the first day of the month of Nisan, Nisan begins with the letter Nun. The job of Moshe was to bring the one into the 49, to bring God into all levels of understanding. And so even though he could not enter into the Mishkan originally, he continued to journey on. He went to the next level, and by Yikra, God calls Moses in. And so you have the level of Keser, the level of crown. As it says in Ashida, on that day, the first day of the month of Nisan, when God came into the temple, on that day the Jewish people took ten crowns. Natal Esa Atoris. The level of Keser was very prevalent on that day. Keser is associated with the 50th level of understanding. And so you have in the 50th level of understanding, the 50th level of how it's connected to 49. And then you have the 50th level that is totally independent of the 49 levels. And in the 50th level, there's no limits. You constantly go higher and higher. You constantly journey more and more. And so, this is the message of the Pasha of Pekudit. That after the entire journey of going to Egypt and out of Egypt and in the desert and to Mount Sinai and receiving the Torah and building the Temple for God, we now take a reckoning. We take a step back and we ask ourselves, how much did I donate? Did I give enough gold? Did I give enough silver? Did I give enough bronze? Did I make the proper vessels? Am I utilizing these tools, the talents that God has given me? the natural talents to make the world a better place, to bring God into the world? Am I bringing the Echad, the One, into the 49? And then we start all over again. We go to the next level, Vayikra, the third book, and then to the fourth book, and then to the fifth book. And then we start all over again on a new plane. It's all cyclical. And therefore there are, how many Psukim in the portion of Pekudei? Sadik Beis Psukim, 92 passages. What is the gematria of 92? 92 spells out the word Amen. Amen im akoylil. Amen is 91. And when you put all the letters together, it unites through one, which is the kolil. In other words, by saying the word Amen, you have 92. If you write it, it's only 91. But if you actualize it, it becomes 92. When do you say Amen? When you complete a blessing. At the end of the blessing, you say, Amen, it's true. Amen, says the Gemara, represents victory. You have conquered. You have made it real. And therefore, the portion of Pekudde, which is the last portion of the book of Shemois, 
is the end of Shemos. It's the final word in Shemos. Now that we conclude the book of Shemos, we say, Amen. It's true, we built the temple. Amen, God dwelled in the temple. Amen, we're making a reckoning. Amen, we're going to move on. And chazak, chazak, chazak. And that's why we say, to be strengthened, to strengthen yourself, to strengthen yourself, and to be strengthened. Because A, we just entered into the temple with God together, but we have to draw more strength to go to the next level, even in the 50th level of Bina, the 50th level of understanding on the first day of Nisan to bring in Nun, which is the 50th levels of understanding into the 49 levels, to bring the Echa, the one God, the one level that God did not give Moses, that one you now access and you actualize and you impact and pervade all the other levels with that level of spirituality and that level of holiness. So this is the Amin that we take with ourselves in the month of Adar, the month of joy. And from this Amin we will go to the month of Nisan. And it says in the month of Nisan we were redeemed the first time and so to the ultimate time. But in a year that we have two months of Adar, we have Purim, not the first month, but the second month. Why? Seemingly, it says a mitzvah that comes to your hands, don't push it away. Mitzvah haba liyadai, right? A mitzvah that comes to your hand, don't push it away, don't let it become chametz. So why do we make the month of Adar Shani the month that we celebrate Purim? So the Gemara says, because mismach geula we want to connect one redemption to the other redemption. To redemption of Purim, to redemption of Pesach. But the Rebbe says, in truth, we can flip that around. We can have the redemption of Mashiach to the redemption of Purim. In other words, even before Purim comes, already, we can have the final Amin, the Amin on Golos. And therefore, the true Chazak, the true strength to go from Golos, to Geula, to redemption, with the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days.